Do you feel like your kids have heard the Christmas story so many times that it just doesn't have any meaning anymore? Are you looking for a fresh perspective on an old story? I have a solution for you. Don't go away. Welcome to episode 14 of the Family Bible Connection podcast with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, do you feel inadequate to teach your kids about God? Do they have questions about the Bible that you don't know how to answer? Do you want to have family devotions, but you're just not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Family Bible Connection, a community of moms who desperately need Jesus for every step of our parenting journey. We want our kids to know the Bible and grow in their love for God and others. We want to prepare our kids to go into the world as passionate followers of Jesus. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. Through devotional resources, family routines, and Bible study, I will teach you how to create a Christ-centered culture in your home. Sometimes I feel like my kids have become so familiar with the Christmas story that it starts to lose its significance and meaning. I'm sure your kids could probably name all the characters and the events of the story in chronological order, but do your kids really understand the significance of the Christmas story? Do they understand who Jesus really was and why he was born? Our celebration of Christmas often begins at the manger, but the birth of Jesus was actually the culmination of thousands of years of hoping and praying for the Messiah, the Redeemer, to come. The Jewish people had been watching and waiting for God to send the promised child, the one who would rescue the people from sin and slavery. In order to help you and your kids see the Christmas story from a fresh perspective this year, I would love to share with you a book I have written called The Night the Angels Got Lost, Christmas Through the Eyes of a Young Shepherd Girl. This book will not only bring a fresh perspective to your Christmas celebrations, it will also help you understand the significance behind the coming of the promised child, the one who came not only for the rich and powerful, but for the sinners, the outcasts, and some of the lowest people of society. In last week's episode, I read to you part one of my Christmas family devotional, The Night the Angels Got Lost. So if you missed the first part, feel free to go back and listen to episode 13. Today, I'm going to continue reading part two. You are welcome to grab your kids and listen to this episode together, or you can save it and listen to it with them a little bit later. At the end of each section of the story, there are some discussion questions to help you dig a little bit deeper and understand the significance of the story. But if you don't want to wait until next week for me to finish the story to read part three, you can download a free copy of the ebook for yourself. Go to christmasstory.faith to download your free ebook. And I will have a link for you in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy part two of The Night the Angels Got Lost, Christmas Through the Eyes of a Young Shepherd. Luke 2. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. Part 2. There must be some mistake. After a few short hours, a bright light startled me awake. The crisp night air crept into my bones as I pushed myself up off the dewy grass. The last of our fire's smoldering embers were now completely gone. I sat up and rubbed my eyes. Had I slept through the night? Was it time to wake up already? I elbowed Hannah, who had also fallen asleep, and shook her awake. Hannah, wake up. Something's happening. Through my groggy, sleep-filled eyes, I couldn't quite make out what was going on. I could see my dad and brothers huddled nearby, shielding their eyes from the intense light. Behind us, the stars still twinkled in the dark night sky. I shivered. This light was not coming from the rising sun. Wide awake now, I grabbed Hannah's arm, anxiously searching the sky for the source of the light. My eyes finally focused as I beheld a creature, dazzling with light and wings and a sword, hovering just above our heads. It looked like a man, but so much larger than any man I had ever seen. Glowing hair floated in spirals around the creature's head, while enormous golden wings swooped back and forth, scooping gusts of air and sending the light swirling in tiny circles in their wake. I clung more tightly to Hannah's arm, digging my fingernails into her skin. My heart was pounding so fast I couldn't even count the beats. I glanced over at the group of boys and men, strong men who had killed mountain lions with their bare hands, clinging to each other just as terrified as I was. Suddenly, a voice exploded from the cloud of light. Don't be afraid! Don't be afraid? It was a bit late for that. I had never seen an angel before, but from listening to the stories my dad told us from the scriptures, I assumed this creature was a messenger sent from God. No, really! Don't be afraid! The angel exclaimed again. Clearly, he realized we needed some extra encouragement. I have good news for you. Great news. The most joyful news you have ever heard. Oh, good. Well, at least he was bringing us good news. But why on earth would an angel be bringing any news to us at all? We were just a group of ragtag shepherds, unwashed, unkempt, and unclean. Maybe the angel had made a mistake. Maybe he got lost on his way to Herod's palace in Jerusalem. This news for you, continued the angel. This news I have is the best news you could ever dream of. And my message is for everyone. Yes, even you, shepherds. This very night, a new baby has been born. But this isn't just any baby. This baby is the promised child, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Just as the scriptures foretold, the baby has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. The Messiah? The promised child? The Savior? 
Could it really be true? I ran over to my dad, who was whispering loudly with my uncles and brothers and cousins. Dad, is it true? Could this really be the child that God has promised? Dad looked at me, tears glistening in his eyes. Abigail, my darling. He knelt down, pulling me close to his chest in a tight embrace. The scents of sheep, sweat, and olive oil lingered on his heavy wool robe. My heart rate began to slow as I breathed in the familiar smell. Oh, my sweet girl. Dad's smile crinkled his tear-filled eyes. My heart is overwhelmed with joy at this news. After so many years of waiting, it seems too amazing to be true. But I know in my heart that this baby born in Bethlehem tonight is the promised child that we have hoped for all these years. Praise the Lord. He has kept his promise to his people. We have seen the glory of the Lord. A surge of joy leapt into my heart and began to seep out the corners of my eyes. I wrapped my arms around Dad's thick, bristly neck and squeezed tightly, not wanting this moment to go away. My chest filled with an overwhelming sense of peace. One of my uncles bravely spoke up and addressed the angel. Sir, why are you telling us this? Why have you appeared to us? Surely there must be some mistake. Did you get lost on your way to Jerusalem? We are just poor shepherds. We've been delivering new lambs all night, and we're covered in fluids and blood. We are ceremonially unclean. What does this news have to do with us? As if ignoring my uncle's questions, the angel continued, You will know that you have found the baby by this sign. The baby will be wrapped in swaddling cloths and sleeping soundly in a manger. A manger? Like a feeding trough for animals? Surely this couldn't be right. Animals are dirty and smelly. A manger is not a place for any baby, let alone this baby. Shouldn't he arrive at the temple in Jerusalem? Or maybe at the high priest's house? A manger just seemed so, so primitive, so lowly. Just like me, a lowly little shepherd girl. Suddenly, the sky exploded with more beams of light and an entire army of angels appeared in the sky. I fell to my knees and gasped. The sky lit up as brightly as the noonday sun. What happened next was something so beautiful I will never forget it. The angels began to chant, quietly at first, then growing in intensity. First, a chorus of low, rhythmic tones. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. They chanted over and over again. To my left, another group chimed in at a higher pitch. Glory to God in the highest, the highest. Glory to God in the highest, the highest. Finally, a group to my right added their melodious song above it all. On earth, peace, God is pleased with you. On earth, peace, God is pleased with you. The rhythm and harmony and melody swelled into a triumphant crescendo that made my arms tingle. I found myself singing along with the angels. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. Tears were streaming down my cheeks now. The chorus continued. Joy and peace surrounded us like a warm blanket as we shepherds embraced and clung to each other. For a few glorious minutes, the hillside and all the troubles of life seemed to fade away, and we were transported into the very presence and glory of God. Then, just as quickly as they came, the angels were gone. The angels, the lights, the singing, the glory, gone. 
the sky was once again dark, and the stars twinkled as if nothing had ever happened. I stood there, linking arms with Hannah on one side and squeezing my dad's hand on the other, not sure what to do next. I had never felt so happy in all my life. I wanted to savor this moment in my heart forever. Breaking the silence, my dad blurted out, Well, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for, I wondered. How could I go back to a night of caring for sheep after what we just saw? Let's get going, Dad shouted. Who's with me? I'm going to see this new baby with my own eyes. I squealed with delight and grabbed Hannah in a tight embrace. Well, of course I wanted to see the baby. Hannah, let's go, I shouted, dragging her down the hill with me as I started to run. My dad laughed out loud. Hold up there, little lady. Let us old folks catch up. One of my older boy cousins stayed behind with our flocks of sheep, and the rest of our tired, dirty, smelly clan headed off down the dusty road toward Bethlehem. Questions for discussion and imagination. How would you have felt if the angel had appeared to you and your family? Why did Abigail think that maybe the angel had gotten lost? Why was Abigail surprised that the promised child would be lying in a manger? Why do you think God chose to send the good news about the promised child to a group of shepherds? I hope you enjoyed part two of The Night the Angels Got Lost. Stay tuned next week for the final part of the story. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you were very intentional about announcing the good news of Jesus to the shepherds. You didn't choose to send the angel to the important religious leaders of the time. You didn't send him to the king's palace in Jerusalem. Instead, you sent him to some of the lowest members of society, those who many would consider outcasts. Jesus didn't come to save those who thought they were already righteous, but those who knew they were sinners. Lord, help us to understand the depths of our need for you this Christmas. Help us to communicate to our children how deeply you love them and how desperately they need you. Amen. As I mentioned before, I have a free copy of The Night the Angels Got Lost for you to download. Go to christmasstory.faith to download your free copy of this ebook. And in addition, when you sign up for my mailing list, you'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Promised Child, 25 Days of Scripture Readings About the Coming of Jesus. Do you have a special Christmas tradition that you do as a family that helps you to keep Christ at the center of Christmas? I would love to hear from you. Give me a call and you just might hear yourself in an upcoming podcast episode. Leave me a message at 717-723-9338 and tell me how your family tries to keep Christ at the center of Christmas. I will have this phone number for you in the show notes. Feel free to let me know about a favorite resource or an activity that you love. And don't worry, I won't actually answer the phone. You can just leave me a voice message. I will be including these messages in an upcoming episode of the Family Bible Connection podcast. Our featured book for this episode is The Legend of St. Nicholas by Dandy McCall. I know a lot of families struggle this time of year trying to decide whether or not to participate in the stories about Santa Claus. For my family, we have chosen to tell our kids about the origins of Santa Claus um, as a 
historical figure and how his name derived from St. Nicholas. We tell them that St. Nicholas was a real man who lived on the earth and he wanted to give gifts to people because he loved Jesus. And we also read the fun stories about the North Pole and the elves and things like that. But we make sure to explain to our kids that these stories are just for fun, they're fiction, and they are not the true meaning of Christmas. Here is what Amazon has to say about the book, The Legend of St. Nicholas. Are you looking for an endearing Christmas story that doesn't forget the true meaning of the holiday? The Legend of St. Nicholas tells the story of a man who spent his life secretly helping the poor all over the world, giving gifts on Christmas Eve to remind people of the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And I have an affiliate link for you in the show notes. There are actually several other books in this series that include The Legend of the Candy Cane, The Legend of the Christmas Stocking, The Legend of the Christmas Tree, and a few other ones that I think are a great way to talk about some of the cultural Christmas traditions that we have and where they came from. And even if you don't buy into the origins of the traditions, it's still a great way to take something from our culture and use it to point our children to Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 14 of the Family Bible Connection with Laurie Christine, where together as moms, we will cling tightly to Jesus as we create a Christ-centered culture in our home. If you found value in this episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a written review in iTunes, and then share this episode with a friend. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources to help you create a Christ-centered culture in your home, go to familybibleconnection.com.